Hey, this is your host Shane with another exciting episode of Radical Rocks. Today we're going to do an in-depth discussion on geodes, how to find them, where to find them, what kinds there are, and do a variety after that and so much more. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at Radical Rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand, hills, and rings. First thing I found was a geode crystals, quartz with no clouds. Agate was hot and the ground was hard, but the gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock of cocaine, felt good to have in my hand. In the desert, you can find lots of rocks, cause radical rocks are everywhere. That's right, radical rocks are everywhere, and today we are going to talk about radical rocks that are geodes. We are going to go in depth and talk about the different locations, the different types, um, countries, color, texture, things like that. We'll go in quite some detail. Uh, You might want to get your pens and pencils out if you want to take some notes of some good spots to go and some good tips. We will try to pass that on to you. Um, Also, if you stay with us to the end, we'll try to do a little variety. I did not do a variety at the end of the last episode. But let me know how you like the episode. You can connect with us or me by emailing me at RadicalRocksUSA at gmail.com. Also, if you want to get more information on these geodes, you can check out our blogs at RadicalRocksUSA at blogspot.com. You can join us on social media at HTTPS semicolon backslash backslash MeWe.com slash join slash Radical Rocks. If you're already with MeWe, you can uh, just look up Radical Rocks. will pop up. Also, uh, YouTube, you can find us at Radical Rocks. So, Do that. Check that out. I think you will enjoy that. We've got quite a community there, thousands of people, um, and so on and so forth. So let's get right into it. Geodes are really a fascinating geological formation. It occurs when minerals crystallize inside cavities within rocks or other minerals or materials. And we're going to go into quite a bit of information about geodes. First of all, let's talk about the formation real briefly. Geodes are formed through a process that typically begins with volcanic or sedimentary activity. Over time, cavities or bubbles form within the rock. The cavities can be caused by gas bubbles trapped during the cooling and solidification of lava or by a dissolution of minerals in sedimentary rocks. Okay, so dissolution is basically kind of like a liquid mature. Um, uh, material or consistency, and then um, things happen within that liquid. It could be crystallization, it could be banding, could be um, certain pseudomorphs in there while that dissolution takes place um, of the sedimentary rocks and so forth. Mineral deposits are happening as groundwater or mineral rich fluids seep into these cavities. They bring along dissolved minerals. Over time, These minerals would or could precipitate out of the solution and the deposit 
uh, therefore inside these cavity walls and even form crystal structures. The external appearance of geodes typically has a rough outer shell composed of rock or a hardened layer. The exterior appearance may not indicate the treasures within. They can be kind of ugly, uh, look like just volcanic uh, bubbles of garbage, but inside could be a beautiful hidden treasure. The internal crystals are inside the inner cavity of the geode where it is lined with these crystals. Types of crystals can vary depending on the minerals present and the environmental conditions that were happening during the formation. Geodes can contain a variety of crystals such as quartz, amethyst, agate, uh, calcite, celestite, uh, citrine is, is seen sometimes, little chunks of citrine, sometimes lots of citrine. And the color and texture can vary with the crystals and can be very diverse. They can be transparent to milky white, vibrant hues, bands, druzies, if you don't know what druzies are. Uh, they can be kind of sparkly little tiny uh, crystals or bub uh, more of bubbles, bitrudal type bubbles or sparkling formations. So we'll go into more about the locations and discoveries um, as we go, but just kind of some uh, various parts in the world where you can find them where they're pretty renowned can be Brazil, Uruguay, Mexico, Morocco, Madagascar, and of course parts of the US. Um, they often get discovered during mining excavation, but a lot of rockhounds have actually found these deposits over the last uh, 70 years or so. So these geodes can be very highly valued by collectors and geology enthusiasts. Kids love them. Anyone who appreciates the natural beauty of minerals is going to be drawn to a geode at some point. Um, geodes with their hollow cavity inside. Those crystals inside make them very sought after specimens and uh, certain characteristics and the availability of geodes can be based on their location, the geographical processes that we kind of went over some of them that cause that formation and some geodes may be more common and accessible so there's a chance you could find a location if you are in uh, some of these major countries especially the US and some of them are more rare and uh, harder to find which adds to their intrigue and their allure so what I would like to uh, tell you before we get into types and locations is well maybe we'll wait on how to dig them up let's talk a little bit more about types and locations some general locations here um, where amethyst geodes can be found these would be the purple or violet amethyst crystals commonly found in Brazil Uruguay Mexico and other locations and we'll talk about some of those too Quartz geodes, these uh, are usually a little more common, known for their clear to milky white quartz crystals. They can be found in lots of locations, Brazil, Morocco, United States, Mexico. Agate geodes, these are my favorite. Agate geodes have uh, banding patterns that are often filled with colorful agate formations. These can be found in uh, Brazil, Uruguay, Mexico, and certain areas in the United States, too. We'll talk about that. Um, Celestite geodes, these uh, celestite geodes are characterized 
by their sky blue crystals, they're mined with the uh, celestite, and they're commonly found in Madagascar, Brazil, and some locations in the United States. Chalcedony geodes. Chalcedony geodes have a variety of colors and are composed of micro, uh, micro uh, crystalline type crystals and form and can be found in, in uh, countries like Brazil, Uruguay, and Mexico. So just remember the availability of specific locations of geodes can vary. Uh, this is kind of a general round robin. We'll try to get you some more specific locations as we get into this discussion even more. Um, but geodes are very fascinating natural formations and can be found in many different parts of the world with their own characteristics. So, how do you dig them up? Well, once you find geodes, typically they call it a geode bed. Um, these can be found on the ground. They can be found in stream beds. They usually are found in these um, volcanic igneous areas where uh, agate is found and geodes will be in, in beds. Sometimes the beds are hard seams and it is a lot of hard work to get them out. You will need a chisel and a rock uh, hammer, some glasses and gloves, and it can be a lot of work. But the harder they are to get out, sometimes they're really worth it. Okay, Maybe not always, but sometimes. And then they can also be dug up in ash beds. A lot of times these are nodules. I believe that they were thrown up in the air out of a volcanic uh, action. And, uh, but geodes can be found in these ash beds, pot ash beds, which is usually white uh, to tan and even a green color that you will dig this fine powdery material um, where geodes can be dug. And sometimes when you dig, you'll dig and dig and dig, and you'll find one here, one there, and then sometimes you'll find like just a whole nest of them. And you may... I've dug holes where we've pulled out, you know, 20, 30, 40 geodes and nodules out of one uh, pocket. So that's the easier way to get them. They're typically smaller geodes that I found in that type of situations um, and a lot of nodules in that situation. But uh, some of the most spectacular geodes I found have been in some pretty tough seams but uh, that's just my experience of digging, mostly in California. Um, and I'll talk about that area. So you can use pry bars, um, scoops, again, sledgehammers, chisels, things like that. Eye protection's a must. Be careful uh, reaching in cracks in the desert. There could be, you know, bad spiders, scorpions, snakes, things like that. So just be aware before you start digging in there. Sometimes pack rats, if you find an older hole that someone's dug, um, it'll look like maybe there's some grass back there. That could be choya cactus that a pack rat's dug in. A choya is bad stuff. You can't pull it out without pulling a big chunk of meat out. It, it's a nasty uh, cactus sticker that uh, can get you, so watch out for that. So some notable spots around the world um, we mentioned. Let's get a little more specific in some places where you can find stuff. The Midwest and the Appalachia regions are known for several styles of highly coveted geodes. Uh, also in Kentucky, Iowa, and Tennessee, there's locations 
known to uh, geode collectors. In these areas, geodes formed in the abundant limestone in the region, and uh, in fact, geodes are the state rock of Iowa. That is the state rock. So there's lots of guides on where to go and, and find an exact spot, but there's some good areas. The tributaries of the Green River in south-central Kentucky, as well as along the ancient terraces of the Kentucky River, are excellent locations for producing geodes. The Green River has produced some very large geodes, some of them two feet in diameter, but most of them are much smaller. Some of them no bigger than would fit in the palm of your hand. Now the desert in the southwest is a great place for geodes in the United States, Arizona, California, Nevada, and Utah are all wonderful areas that have localized concentration of geodes where you can get abundance of geodes in most of these spots even to this day. Um, I found a lot of geodes uh, attached in these volcanic rock layers in the beds that I've gone to in uh, California and we'll talk more about that. They're really hard to get out but it's worth it. Now I am not sure the pronunciation of this town. It looks like Keokuk. It's K-E-O-K-U-K Iowa, in the United States, known for abundant geodes. The Keokuk region along the Mississippi River is a popular destination for geode collectors. Geodes from this area usually have quartz and calcite crystals in them. Now in Chihuahua, Mexico, in a little town called Niacea, and I could probably say that wrong too, it's N-A-I-C-A, Maybe it's Nike. It's uh, in the state, Mexican state of Chihuahua. Beautiful, uh, giant Gibson geodes can be found there. Massive crystals are found in this mine named after that town, the Nia, the Nicea or whatever, N-A-I-C-A. And uh, they are amazing. Check them out. The Rio Grande do Sul in Brazil in the state of Rio Grande do Sul in Brazil is known for its beautiful amethyst geodes. The Amethyst Cathedral is in the Amethysta do Sul, which is A-M-E-T-I-S-T-A, and then the next word is D-O, and then Sul, S-U-L, is particularly famous attraction where you can find large and beautiful amethyst specimens. Next country to, on the list is Morocco. All kinds of amazing, spectacular geodes there. Areas like the Atlas Mountains and Irfond are, are known for geodes containing beautiful quartz crystals with amethyst and other varieties. And um, the Irfond is spelled E-R-F-O-U-D. Uruguay in the Artigas and Posadio in Uruguay, and Artigas is spelled A-R-T-I-G-A-S, and uh, maybe it's Paysadu, it's P-A-Y-S-A-D-U in Uruguay, are known and famous for their amethyst crystals. Geodes from Uruguay have a very, very dark, deep purple in their amethyst. These are very collectible. Madagascar, of course, this is a wonderful mineral deposit known to 
many geo deposits uh, like IHOSY, which is I H O S Y. In the southern region here, there's geodes with beautiful agate, amethyst, and other mineral formations are quite plentiful. Now, these are just a few examples. There's a lot of other places around the world, and especially in the United States. Um, again, I always recommend joining a local club and uh, organization and communicating with rockhounds and finding out where the spots are. Listen to our show. We'll talk about many different uh, finds and geodes along the way. Also, we're going to buzz on over to uh, mindat.com. And there we have the definition of the geode, which comes from a Greek word. Earth-like is what it means. And um, it is described as independent spherical masses of resilient mineral matter that are usually hollow. The extreme filling of a geode that is so solid is also common. These filled-in geodes are known as nodules, but the two names are not always constantly used. Geodes differ from nodules in that a nodule is a solid mass of matter, but some nodules may have a tiny void space in their interiors. Between the geode and the nodule may be barely discernible if the cavity is miscule or tiny. Geodes differ from vugs in that geodes can't be, can be separated from the matrix because the walls of the geodes are strong enough to maintain the integrity of their internal shapes. Geodes differ from vugs, possessing outer material which is more resilient to weathering than the host rock. As such, complete geodes commonly weathered out of rock exposures and accumulate in canyons, uh, rock areas and other locations that are uh, eluvial and not alluvial, meaning the geodes have not been transported by water. So alluvial means water, eluvial just means uh, over years and years of, uh, I guess, wind and rain and such, and maybe not rivers or floods. The most common geodes are quartz, but geodes are comprised of other minerals such as calcite, uh, goethite, Many quartz geodes consist of concentric layers or bands. Varieties of quartz such as chalcedony, agate, common opal, and visibly crystalline quartz. The order of the kinds of mineral layers varies with the particular history of the formation of the geodes. The interior of the geodes may contain a wide variety of independently crystallized minerals such as calcite, pyrite, kaolinite, Spratolite, millerite, barite, dolomite, smithsonite, and quartz, and also uh, calcite's another one. Geodes have been found in regions and dolomite. Yeah, geodes have been found in regions that have basalt lavas, where they fill voids left by gas bubbles and cavities in sedimentary rocks, especially limestones. Occasionally, geodes may be able to be mined, as in Brazil and Uruguay when the enclosing rock is easily separated from the geode structures. Geodes are named according to a particular feature or mineral that they exhibit or mention the particular place where the geode was found. So common names for geodes include quartz geodes, amethyst geodes, agate geodes, anhydrogeodes, oco geodes, 
keokuk geodes, coconut geodes, thunder eggs may occur as nodules or be called geodes. Spanish language um, for geode simply means any crystalline bug. So the English meaning here is a narrow definition that definitely gives it a big cavity within it. All right. Um, so I want to tell you about the history of, of the geodes I've dug up. Okay. And um, let's see here. What did I do with that paper? Oh, I don't think it printed, but that's okay. I've got a, I've got a copy of it right here. The Hauser Beds in the Wiley Wells District. This is in Southern California. And one of my very first rock hounding field trips was with the Orange Belt Mineralogical Society. Um, and this means a rock hounding trip for rock hounds. I've gone on many mineral trips and prospecting trips before this. Uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of mineral collecting trips. But, and I even went for rock hounds. But an official rock hounding field trip... The first one I went to was with the Orange Belt Mineralogical Society. They have one of the longest histories and ties to the discovery of the Hauser bed. Joel F. Hauser is credited with finding the geobeds that bear his name. And uh, that was about 1934. Sorry, i got to have a swig of coffee. Joel Hauser was also a member of the Orange Belt Mineralogical Society. If you go to my uh, blog at RadicalRocksUSABlogspot.com, you can see a picture of him there. And um, he was leading the way for the Wiley Wells Thanksgiving Rockhound trips, which went on for many decades. And other clubs seem to be leading the way now, including the San Diego Searchers, um, or the uh, Anaheim Searchers, I should say. So my son Zach and I would spend a week to 10 days dry camping, and we were about as crusty as the rocks we were collecting. But it's always worth it. Camping out under the desert, bright stars, so bright you can touch them. And you can truly see the shapes of the zodiac out there. Gathering around the fire at the end of a tiring day of rock hounding and telling and swapping stories about rocks and gems of the old timers. That's the stuff life is made of. At least to me. Alright, let's get into talking about these Wiley Well gemstones. Um, you come in from Highway 78, you take the Bradshaw, uh, Bradshaw Trail. The Bradshaw Trail uh, was blazed in 1862. It was the quickest overland route to the gold fields in La Paz, now called uh, Evrenberg. E-H-R-E-N-B-E-R-G, Arizona. From Los Angeles and San Bernardino, miners were looking to strike it rich as merchandise uh, and merchants and suppliers. They used this route. William Bradshaw was the first to exploit this route through uncharted desert after Chief Cabajon of the Chichilian Indians befriended and gave him a map of an ancient Indian trade route complete with locations for water along the way. Wide Earp had ridden the stage uh, shotgun on a stage through this route, and as the legend goes, it makes sense that he was, um, it makes sense because he was in San Diego, Colton, and California, and many other areas. The roads maintained by the Bureau of Land Management, I call them the BLM, 
That's what we used to call them, Bureau of Land Management. Has a graded dirt road. You can drive pretty well in most vehicles. Even RVs can make it up the main road to the campground on the eastern side of Salton Sea along the Chocolate Mountains, past the Hauser Beds, all the way to the Colorado River. Very remote backcountry there. Many off-roaders and rockhounders use it. I've driven a two-wheel drive truck through most of it, but be careful when going off the main roads. How much can you take? Well, as of the time of this article being printed, the BLM uh, said your daily limit was 25 pounds per person per day up to 250 pounds per person if you're willing to do some digging and some walking. The Wiley Wells District is located some 15 miles south also of Interstate 15. Take Wiley Wells Road exit. This is actually the easiest way to get there. Nearest gas and food is in Blythe, about 20 miles west of Wiley Road. Off of the ramp uh, is where you can, you can get food and stuff. So you go about 20 miles off the off-ramp. Um, there's a, clue, a crude map uh, on this um, uh, on my blog here at radicalrocksblogspot.com. Just look up geodes. It should pop up. There's a lot of uh, guidebooks if you want more information and more maps. They're very helpful. I've given you a couple spots. Some of these are listed on my crude map. The potato patch. Um, the magnanese, where you can find uh, plissamine samples. Beautiful bitrudal plissamine, a magnanese uh, mineral. The double buttes, the hauser beds, and camping spots. You've got camping at Coon Hollow, Middle Camp. Check all the regulations before camping. Or better yet, go with the local rock and mineral club and they will direct you and usually lead several trips to collecting areas that will save you a lot of time and headache. So the geodes, the shades and combinations include pink, orange, white, gray, brown, black. They can be druzy or crystal or even mostly agate. They can include standard agate walls with banding or window combinations with even layering. Some geodes will glow under a black light. I've even seen geodes come out of Wiley Wells filled with some sparkling chocolate crystals. You never know what you'll get. Nodules are solid and so uh, called thunder eggs. Those uh, colors of geodes can include green, but many patterns and windows give great character to the nodules. Um, I've told the story before. One, one I cut in half and it looked like a husky dog. So I gave it to a friend of mine who was, uh, had a bunch of them. He loved them. And he loved the rock as well. I've seen light pink and rose also. Black agate is there, hard to find. With patience, you should be able to find it. Also, banding is there. Another prize to be found is fortified agate. I have a picture of some uh, beautiful white fortified agate filled with crystals here. I cut it and made it into a necklace, a uh, piece of jewelry. It's a big hunk and a uh, giant piece. Also, opalite is found, small to large chunks, gray to almost pink with light and dark orange, shades of red. Sometimes it's veined in agate. Small fire agates also available in this area. Uh, there is a claim, so be respectful of that claim. I found yellow to light red carnelia in evening walks to camp uh, near the magnanese mine where the bitrudal plissamine can be found after it rains. So hunting these geodes, the sizes range from 1 inch to 18 inches in this area. It's hard work, 
Again, eye protection, gloves, don't dig into the side of a hill where the over overhang is hanging over. People have died here in this spot, digging in the side of a hill where it's overhanging and it's broken off and killed experienced geode hunters many times here. This is no joke. Don't dig in areas off limits. Um, check the local rock and lapidary club. They'll know what areas are open. The Orange Belt Mineralogical Society, the Searchers, um, Ukaipa Gym and Mineral, any of those clubs in Southern California are all going to be familiar with these. Um, but the ones I've told you about are the ones that have the most trip uh, trips. Memberships are usually low, $30 to $60 per person or family. You can cut them with a rock saw or you can crack them by hand. I think it's best to cut them with some kind of a saw. I've got a video, a couple videos on geodes, how to clean them. I've got one on different ways to cut them. So you might want to check that out. Other wonderful things that can be found inside these geodes is white chalcedony, red chalcedony, blue chalcedony, barite minerals, citrine, and various other beautiful things. Every cracked geode or cut geode is truly a collector, a collectible wonder. All right, so read more about that. I've got some links to some guides, Rock County, Wiley Wells District, the best California rockhound sites, Jim Trails of Southern California. Um, all of these things are great. And I've even got a link to a little break your own geode if you want to do that for your kids so that they get all excited and jazzed before you go. So, more, more on geodes. How much more do I have? I've I've got a lot more, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you everything um, in one day. But I'm gonna try to give you a round robin. Um, let's talk about um, geodes a little bit more. Let's talk about the different types of geodes. Okay, you know where to go. You know how to get them. Talk a little bit about cutting and cracking. We've talked about areas where you can find them around the world, general locations, a little bit more specific around America, and a definitive exact spot in California where you can get them. So where do these things form and where do they come from? Well, there's volcanic geodes. To just go into it a little bit more, this is a common type. The most sought-after geode is the volcanic type. They are very common because of the numerous air pockets and voids that are found in this volcanic disruption that would happen in the rock, such as basalt. The voids or pockets are formed with these gases that are in the lava. They're unable to escape and become trapped in the cooling lava. Over many years, the groundwater seeps in, like we said, and deposits these minerals and uh, fills them up. And other things uh, can come up through the lava tubes, and they can be filled with uh, groundwater as well and leave more geodes in there. The reason volcanic geodes are so popular and highly sought after is because the long tubes and many of the geodes were formed results in massive geodes that are incredibly long. In fact, many of the lava tube geodes are over a meter in diameter and many meters long. So a meter is three feet if you don't know that. Recently discovered in Spain was one that measured six feet by six foot by 26 feet. That's huge. So basically, um, very, very big. There's been some geode pockets where several people could get inside. Other common types of formation comes from carbonate deposits such as found in limestone. 
The voids which are required for the initial growth of the geode generally begin as either, again, another air pocket or rotted out organic material such as spaces left from tree roots. The colorization inside the geode crystals are highly specific to local conditions and variety of minerals that are in that location. So ones that are found in the same location generally have a lot of similarities. So you can do some more research on this. If you want to go to rockseeker.com, uh, he's got a how to find geodes. It's also a good guide with a lot of fun facts about geodes. Um, one other area that might be good to check for um, agates and materials like this, you might find some geodes there, is the Key Winaw Treasure Trove of Geological Specimens. You go to mininggazette.com and look up Keweenaw, which is K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W, and you'll see some beautiful agates, uh, nodules, some that are cut. Um, this is in Michigan, and I've got a contact for you if you want to find out about this. They've got a, a website called Micro... Uh, well, it's microdtrip.com, M-I-R-O-A-D-T-R-I-P.com. And they say from the shoreline of the Ontagon and Copper Harbor is littered with rocks of all kinds. Um, this is Michigan. Michigan, uh, they said it's compared to the beaches of Michigan. And uh, the writing's kind of small, but it says, Michigan is among the most unique places in America to hunt for rocks, particularly this area on the peninsula, according to the website I gave you, miroadtrip.com. The shoreline there is littered with rocks of all kinds, and um, agates are the big one. You can find copper there, and you get the two together, and you've got a really awesome uh, copper agate which would be quite valuable. Part of the draw is the all of these rocks and the Lake Superior beaches also are a great place. If you want to look up uh, Eric uh, Rintemac at uh, Uperites, he collects a lot of Lake Superior agates and also the glow-in-the-dark rocks called Uperites, very famous. So just go there, look around for the rocks, and... Um, they said it is at M26 from Eagle Harbor to Copper Harbor, and it is closed while Silver River Bridge is being replaced, but it's still worth a drive from Copper Harbor to Esri Park to hunt for the rocks. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, sodalite, fluorescent sodalite, like we said, the Uperite, Y-O-O-P-E-R-L-I-T-E. Um, you look for those with a UV light in the evening or at night. Uh, there's a guided tours out there if you're interested. And then this group is the Michigan Rockhounds, and their website is michiganrockhounds.com. And you can look up about the uh, glow-in-the-dark things there and about the club and about their trips if you want to do that. So that's basically our big... Um, geode discussion. Uh, I know we could talk about polishing more. I've got a video on that at YouTube, so check that out. If you'd like some more stories, stay with me. I will tell you a few more stories, uh, and then we will conclude. One is a new beak dinosaur, because I always like to have some dinosaur news. 
This beak dinosaur species is found in Utah. You can find out about it at smithsonianmag.com. Uh, Riley Black tells us about this creature. It is relatively new, so they don't know much about it. It's from the Creaceous period, um, and it's the same time that there was Triceratops, Ankylosaurus, Trionosaurus, the big guys, and um, this one helps fill a, gop, a gap that is in there. It has the bones that they found as a partial skeleton with much of the skull, spine, and limbs. It would have been about 12 feet long from snout to his tail, so could have been a fierce creature, but still a plant eater. No horns, no plates, no spikes. So had to be fast, looks fast, and uh, must have been hiding amongst the, uh, the food. I feel it was probably about eight feet long, uh, much like the Zal Zalmox from Romania and the 26-foot-long Matabarsaris from Australia, a group of small to medium-sized herbivores spread around the world during the Creaceous period, very familiar uh, at that time and more familiar than duck-billed dinosaurs at that time. So you can read more about it. Uh, there's quite a bit of information on it uh, if you want their details on it. A brief history of five iconic Colorado mining towns. If you go to gazette.com and look that up, Seth Boster tells us about these towns. Uh, there's Breckenridge, which is a famous area, mining heritage, gold areas. It was found in 1857. In 1887, there was a 13 and a half pound nugget found there. It was considered the largest one of its kind in Colorado. Very neat, very neat. Uh, Creed is also another town in the southwest part of Colorado, named for Nicholas Creed, who struck silver in 1889 at East Willow Creek Canyon. The city popped up. He sold the mine for 70000 to the Denver and Rio Grande Railroad, which spurred Colorado's last silver boomtown. And now you can drive through it uh, on East Willow Creek Canyon up Bachelor Loop. Cripple Creek, this is uh, California's last and greatest gold rush. Pikes Peak or bust, this is a great place to collect ammonite uh, and other minerals that are there. Beautiful mineral collecting in that area. Um, Bob Woolback filed a claim in 1890. Millionaires such as Winfield Scott Stratton would be made. Famous name if you know about the old timers. And the city to the east would rise to the world-renowned Colorado Springs. Um, yeah, Cripple Creek, beautiful. Now only a town of uh, casinos, I guess. Idaho Springs, which is in Colorado off of Interstate 70. You'll know you're there when you see the shafts and the old mine headquarters preserved on the hillsides. Ragged travelers knew they were there too. In 1859, the gold rush started that year upon Joel, George Andrew Jackson's discovery of along the banks of Clear Creek. That's what started the whole Colorado gold rush as a whole. Local History Society maintains pointing to what is considered the first organization of a mining district in this area. And then no, no uh, story about uh, mining in Colorado would be complete without talking about Leadsville. Before Creed, silver was a craze, and that was Leadville. The town had several other names, including Cloud City because it was above 10,000 feet. Horace Tabor declared at Leadville in 1878. 
because of the rich resources in the area, lead ore, and it became Colorado's mightiest mining kings before the silver bust of 1893. After after that, Leadville enjoyed a brief boom from gold, and then malignum kept the town afloat for some time after that. In fact, I think my dad was up there mining back in the uh, early 80s, if I'm not mistaken. It was some town in Colorado that he had a had to go check out. So that's about it for tonight, guys. Let me know how you like the longer format. Um, go back and listen to the websites where I cite and the social media that I cite and the blog that I cite. And um, check out the videos on YouTube. Until next time, remember rockhounds don't die, they petrify.